0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode number 30 called Rebecca. So, Rebecca is a fellow New York mama who I met through Allison, my friend in the amazing doula featured in episode four of this podcast. And Rebecca struggled with infertility in her mid 30s before going through what she calls mini IVF, which she'll talk about. She went on to have her daughter, and then she had her twins. And today she is focusing all of her energy on supporting other women as a fertility coach, a motherhood counselor, a life doula, and a lot more. She also has this amazing website, which we will talk about, called itsconceivable.com. So without further ado, this is Rebecca's infertility story. So we are recording. All so right. hi, Rebecca. Hi. It's good to see you again. You too. Thank Thanks you for so coming. much for being on the podcast. So. so tell me how it all started. What were you like
1: growing up? And did you always want to be mm-hmm. a mom and mm-hmm. have kids? Excellent question. And funny that we didn't we didn't prepare this. Uh, I did not want children growing up. It was never something that I even thought about. Honestly, I had always wanted to meet the guy. I went on an insane amount of first dates, and that was always what I was looking for. I didn't go beyond finding the guy Uh, and at 32 I still had not found the guy and was feeling desperate but also was unwilling to settle for the wrong guy Uh, and then I met him at 33 and he was the right one and he was amazing and he was not anything on my list of criteria of things I need to meet when I look for the guy to be with and when I met him I just kind of had this moment where I was like now I get why people want to have kids like, you like this person so much that it would be kind of cool to do something that awesome with the person you love. Uh-huh. So uh huh. So, what was it
0: about him that was different from other people?
1: I think it was, and maybe this is not the right thing to say, but it was less about him, it was more about me. I've never felt so comfortable and at ease with another person. I've had more than my fair share of people that I have dated, and Nathan was the only person I could ever fall asleep next to in the bed first with I would always have if I had somebody over it was always I had to wait for them to fall asleep I was just uncomfortable with somebody else around but with Nathan everything I was able to be me unconditionally unequivocally 100% me and I had literally never felt like that around another person before how did you guys meet uh we met on Cupid. okay I had been doing jdate for I don't even know how many years all of them uh, and he had, <laughs> all, the years. all of the years I was on J Date. I was going yeah. on like three J dates a weekend at some or a day a weekend sometimes. Like it was what? real. Yeah. How did you balance all of that? I didn't. I just went on J dates. I mean they were feeding me, they were drink, they were I was drinking with them, I was eating with them, so I didn't have to balance anything. I was just eating and drinking on dates. Um, <laughs> that was my life and I worked and that was it. So you do like a breakfast, lunch and dinner. Literally. And literally. Like, and okay. then set up a coffee or a dessert or a drink after the dinner date. So yeah, I mean it was oh an obscene gosh. amount of dates. Um, and they mostly made it to f- number one. I think I had a handful of second and third dates. Okay. They were mainly first dates. And then I met with, went out with Nathan and immediately, literally those, and it was, it's so cliche. I knew on my first date that he was the one, but I actually felt that way. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I didn't want to go out with anybody else after I met him. I didn't want him to go out with anybody else after mm-hmm. I met him. And it worked that way. We didn't go out with anybody else after we met each other. And within a year we were engaged. Okay, so then when did the kids' conversation come into play? So we had talked about it here and there, but I actually recall one night Nathan even saying, yeah, it would be cool to have a baby, but he's a musician, and he said, but it would be even cooler to play on the stage in front of 10,000 people. And I was like, all right, but you said it would be cool to have a baby too, right? So I knew he was open to it, but we didn't actually talk too much about it. We didn't say we didn't want them, collectively. So I kind of just thought that now that was going to be our path. Okay. I had never had an oops before. I knew my mother had had fertility challenges and my grandmother as well. My mom had six, five or six miscarriages before and after me. Wow. Was so, she very open with you about that or mm-hmm. how did you find out? Like, was yeah, it just, I always knew uh, my okay. sister was adopted. It was always part of our family uh, narrative. Then Nathan and I decided, yeah, I guess we'll just give it a shot and try to have kids I was 35 at that point so in in the world of fertility that's already a geriatric pregnancy if you do in fact get lucky enough to get pregnant so my, the reality is at 35 your eggs your your numbers do decrease it's, yes. it is more challenging because your reserve is just going to be lower because you've already had your period for however 12 years since you're 12 or 13 or 14 mm-hmm. or 15. These days, younger and younger. So it it, it does make sense. That said, you can still get pregnant at 35. You can still get pregnant at 40. People do. Right. So at 35, I knew that there was probably going to be a challenge if I wanted to, just because I had family history of it anyway. So I only tried for like three months. And then I take matters into my own hands. I was like, fuck it. This isn't working. I'm going to go do what I got to do. So I went, uh, a doctor referred me to get an HSG, which is where they basically they they send iodine through or or a colored substance through your uh reproductive system to see if your fallopian tubes are working and they're able to see what where there might be a flaw where there might not be or if everything is working fine Mm -hmm. so uh first of all it was the and i i I don't say this lightly because i know how painful both emotionally and physically fertility challenges are but it was actually one of the most painful things in my ivf journey it's this archaic uh, I don't even know what the right word is. You lay on a silver slab, this metal slab, in a cold room, Mm -hmm. and they put this like, claw, for lack of a better word, on your cervix, and you turn, or like around your uterus, you turn around so so they can see both sides of your body, and so the the ink or the liquid can go through both sides, Mm -hmm. and it is so painful. And it didn't occur to me to take medicine before because I just, I was like, oh, I'm just going for a procedure. It's no yeah. big deal. They, they didn't warn you, like, Nobody what was going me. to happen or, okay. And some people don't have terrible experiences. My, I warned my friend and she went and she was like, that was nothing. Oh. So some people have no problem and some people think it is the worst. Yeah. Of all. Yikes. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky I did it once and granted I found out there was in fact going to be an ongoing challenge if I did try to get pregnant naturally. Okay. So what did well they find? Did so they found that uh, one of my fallopian tubes was blocked. Oh, wow. So it not only was I 35 and already later in the game, but also every other month I was definitely not going to get pregnant naturally that way. Because you were def- ovulating out of that side. I was ovulating, but it was blocked, so nothing was there. Was, ne- it, was it, wasn't to- exactly. okay. it was never going to being released exactly. It was never going to what needs to happen to get pregnant was never going to be able to happen. Right. Okay. So I knew then that if I wanted to get pregnant, I would have to try other mm-hmm. other take other course of action. After the HSG, the first month, because they did say after three months you are. The most likely to get pregnant, quote unquote, naturally, uh, if, you, if, if you are able to get naturally, that's the time that would happen, likely. Uh, so we tried timed intercourse for one month. Then we tried an IUI and medicated, an unmedicated IUI the second month. And then I think it was a medicated IUI the third month. Mm-hmm. And clearly, I think that did not happen. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, all right, let's just fucking get to work now. This is, we did that. I'm right. out, next. Get it out of the way. Let's move on. Thank you. Next. Yeah, exactly. So I, um, I'll i be very frank. I did no research at all before starting this journey. Okay. I just took action. I was like, all right, what words my insurance covered? I made an appointment at one place. My friend actually went there and got pregnant, and her friend went there and got pregnant. I was like, all right, I'm going to Done. New Hope. That's it. Uh, I knew nothing about their protocol. I knew nothing about their procedures. I knew nothing about their doctors. I knew nothing about their systems, but I knew people that got pregnant from it, and my insurance was taken there. So, that was my story. That said, I love your honesty. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for people. Yeah, it's it's important for people to some. Some people put so much effort into understanding every aspect of it, and I talked to a lot of people. I started a company, and I hope we get into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, called it's conceivable, yes, and it's we to will. support women along this journey. And a lot of people say, "Well, what should I do, or what can I do?" And I say, "Listen, you can do it all, and you might get pregnant, but also you might not, right. or you can do literally nothing, listen to what the doctor says, and get pregnant." Yeah, and that's what that's I did. true, and it yeah. worked for me. So there's no absolute. People want answers. People are always looking for. How am I going to get pregnant? What can I do to get pregnant? We just don't know. Yeah. Um, But I digress. We can get back to that later. Point is, I did no research, knew nothing, but this doctor in this clinic specializes in mini-IVF. The intention of mini-IVF versus a regular round of IVF is uh, fewer drugs, less invasive, and more focused on quality of egg versus quantity of egg. Okay. So a lot of clinics... You know, I run this Facebook group called Warriors and a lot of people say I got 37 eggs is that good and people are like that's amazing but then regrettably when they go through blast and they, they end up with one good embryo mm-hmm. so what uh, what New Hope and what mini IVF focuses on are they want you to get four or five good eggs that are going to turn that, are, that will be viable embryos mm-hmm. uh, and so that is actually exactly what happened to me I ended up with six eggs five made it to blast mm-hmm I transferred two back in. And blast, in. just
0: to remind her, it's di- day five, right? When they turn um, so, the Yeah,
1: so mine, yep. Yeah, so okay. those were day five. Um, I transferred, and I, you know, this is how much I don't, I'm pretty sure I actually transferred two day three. Okay. That were fresh. Froze the rest. There were three that I froze. Um, and this was back in, I guess, the, I don't even know, April or May of 2015. 20, of 15 uh-huh yeah 2015 uh, I put in two and one stuck and I got a healthy pregnancy from that from new hope from my mini IVF uh-huh do they call done, it mini-IVF or is did. that just your term? No, no, no. Oh, that's what is. they yeah, call it? It's okay. called mini-IVF for that. the reasons I said. It's a miniature version sure. of the hue. I mean, you see these pictures now of people who have rainbow babies or babies that come from IVF and all the needles that are around them. I don't know if you've seen yes. these very powerful photos, which yes. I find just moving and wonderful and depressing and, and all of those things. But I think I had a maybe 10 injections the whole time. So one stuck and... I got pregnant and it was amazing. And obviously, oh, okay, it was amazing. My daughter is amazing. I fucking hated being pregnant. And I, I hate saying that as I am now uh, in the space of supporting women along their fertility and motherhood journey because I know so many of us, all we want to do is get pregnant. All we are dying to do is get pregnant. We see our friends, put po- their announcements and their posts on Facebook or Instagram about their pregnancy and their baby. And, and we hate those people because all we want is to get pregnant. And I felt that way too that said, I also fucking hated being pregnant. Yeah. I, don't you
0: think that you hating it makes you a good candidate for someone who's going to help people? Cause you know all the ins and outs of it yeah, and you know the fair. downside yeah. and you know, you have empathy for people who are being honest and saying this isn't like, I wanted this so right. badly, but it kind of
1: sucks. So true. The end result doesn't suck, right. but the process and that's okay. Right, It's that's, okay to think yeah, it I sucks. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's true. I think you can be empathetic and sympathize and all of that and understand, but just cuz the outcome you want is what you want doesn't mean that the journey yeah. is easy or fun or great or what you hoped or what you expected. Right. It's still really fucking hard. Yes. And it was really fucking hard. Why for did me. you hate it so much? So so I never thought I was going to be a good mother. I'm not maternal. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to clean. These are not things that just come naturally to me. So and I and I don't get on the floor and play. I don't I'm not that kind of mom. That said, I think actually I ended up being a really amazing mom from what people tell me at least. But I I was terrible <laughs> being pregnant. I was good at one, I was terrible at the other. I just did not do pregnancy well. I, I have a pretty high pain tolerance and threshold. Everything about my body hurt and sucked while I was pregnant. Okay. I was so crazy nauseous. My sciatic bone, just every part of my body was felt broken okay. uh, for virtually every moment of my pregnancy. Uh-huh. The second trimester, as it does, picked up. I felt a little bit better, but it was really bad. Really, really bad. So
0: did you have conflicting feelings when, like, like we just kind of talked about, you wanted it so badly, but then when you were in it, you were like, "Oh, yes." I
1: this was like sucks. counting the days until it was over. Which, again, at the same time, I was also worrying because when you're pregnant, yeah, even, even if you didn't go through f- fertility challenges, you're still worried about pregnancies and miscarriages and all the things that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, I now know because I've talked to a lot of doctors what you really can eat and what you shouldn't eat, quote unquote. But at the time, my my doctor was like, "You can eat sushi. You can eat ham. You can eat hot dogs. You can eat all the meat. Eat whatever really? you want." Really? Yeah, just a like, few it's years all, ago. All so it's, It's really a liability. So doctors that tell you not to do any of that now, they just don't want to get, they don't want to get slammed by if you choose to go get sushi from Dwayne Reed and get listeria from whatever, if if you're choosing to eat at shitty places, you're going to get sick regardless of if you're pregnant or not. So doctors are really just saying it to cover their ass. So they're erring on the side of being conservative and don't do X, Y, and Z so they don't get in trouble. Unless you talk to certain doctors who are like you're gonna be absolutely fine. My second pregnancy I drank, I ate, I literally did everything that people who, especially first time pregnancies don't do. Though I did it my first time too, because my doctor was very lenient um, and all my kids are super healthy. So when I went through my journey, there did not seem to be a ton of support out there for people going through this. Yeah. Uh, and my whole life, I've always been somebody that if something didn't exist, I would just create it or build it. Uh, and similarly here, I was like, well, there's no support out there for those who are on their uh, on this journey to motherhood and struggling and don't have resources or support or a community. So I started a Facebook group uh, when I was pregnant with Harper, with my first, uh-huh. uh, and I, it's called Warriors and it is, it exists online, though we do meet in person as well. It exists for people to be able to have a safe space and we all hold the safe space really well. I know there's a lot of groups out there that are not kind and not good and not nice to each other this group i think in five years i've had one issue or four years i've had one issue that i've had to talk to somebody about otherwise it's really been an amazingly supportive kind wonderful group of women who are there truly to support each other and be resources to each other
0: wait can i just say your cat <laughs> <for it> <laughs> keeps coming, coming over and really wants to get up on the microphone
1: <laughs> sorry research this is not your podcast your cat's named
0: research <laughs> this which is
1: research is too
0: Cracking me up all right all right well, so he's a yeah, he he's just getting getting laid down but you might we might we might hear some meowing it's, all it's good. not me. <laughs>
1: it's all good. Uh, so I started Warriors. And from there, I then realized that there was more that, that needed to be created for the women uh, in this space. So I created a pregnant from fertility group. I created a baby from fertility group. I created a donor egg group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and since then, I've created about 20 more that are focused on supporting women in, d- in different Phases or spaces within the fertility space. So it's women. It's so who... great.
0: It's been so. Were you? You were telling me when we had coffee that you just were like, "What other group can I yeah. create?" Like boom, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. Trying to cover all the bases because yeah. you want to
1: reach out like we both do to yeah. as many people as we can. Yeah. And so yeah, so I'm really trying to make sure that, like you said, I'm covering everything: secondary infertility, women who are 40 and above. Yeah. Um. I'm... How many people would you say you've you've reached through all these groups? Wow. Um, well, what's gotten really amazing is not only are there numbers, you know, like there's a few thousand probably collectively. It's a, they're international groups now. Yeah. A lot of people live in New
0: York. So I want to talk more about your story and then we'll talk about It's Conceivable okay. as well. So tell me
1: more. So you had Harper. So I had Harper. And she, how old is she now? So she is now three and a half. Okay. Uh so same it was, as my son. Yeah, son. Yeah. yeah. We need to get them together. That would be fun. Next next play date is outside in the playground with cups of wine. (laughs) (laughs) So she was amazing. And it was just mind blowing for me because I never had one, I never did want kids. And then I had her, and literally, Nathan can attest to this for better or for worse, days after we came home from the hospital, I said, I want to do this again. He goes, then I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, wait, the pregnancy sucked. Was, pregnancy how was the sucked. delivery?
1: Okay, so I go to, f- since 1994, I've been going to see fish every New Year's. Um, I love you. And <laughs> I was eight months pregnant and I said, Nathan, we had tickets. I said, we're going to fish okay. New Year's because that's what that, we do. Is that something they play Madison Square Garden correct. every New Year's? Correct. Okay. Yep. But this New Year's. So, on this is
0: fish with a 20- PH. PH, I know my mom <laughs> will be listening to this and she'll want to Google it. Mom, it's a band. <laughs>
1: It's a jam we'll send you some, band. some links to listen yeah. to. So yeah, so we had tickets to go, and pretty much every day leading up to it, Nathan's like, "We're not going to see fish. We're not going to see fish." And I was insistent that we were going. And then a few days earlier, in my misery and discomfort, I was like, "We're not fucking going to see fish." So I got rid of my tickets, gave them to a friend of mine who was obviously elated that she got to go, and it was easier for her to get them. So we ended up going to my sister's for New Year's. She lives uh, up in Westchester. And we got there and Nathan had poured already like three different, three glasses of bourbon. So he was enjoying New Year's. We had, we had bought the stream of fish. So we were going to watch it anyway. And then I went to the bathroom and I was gushing blood. And I was like, well, I'm close to the end. It's not abnormal. What was your due date? I was due January Twenty seconds. Okay, so this is scary. So, th- so I was, I was like, eh, I mean, it's blood, but it's close to the end. Like, it didn't, it actually didn't scare me. Okay. But both my mom and my sister were like, you need to go to the hospital right now. Oh, God. And then I was like, wait, no, but it, it's fine. Fish co- it's fine, And and my doctor's in Argentina, we, and we're not in the city. We can't, this is not fish, con- right, no. But they were like, no, you have to go. So... Nathan had three bourbons already, so he couldn't drive. So my right. sister drove. Uh, Nathan was in the backseat or I was we went to the hospital. We get to the hospital, they take me in, they somebody shoves their fingers at me and says you're fully dilated. But we don't have labor and delivery here. So we're gonna get an ambulance and ship you over to the hospital that it, that does have labor and delivery. I was like, oh my god, Nathan's on the phone with his parents. The baby is coming. The baby is coming. Oh my gosh. So we get in the ambulance. They're they're checking my contractions, which are very frequent at this point. Like at a certain point that day, they had been at one, every one minute. And as a doula, what you tell people is if you do have a doula, is to call them at three one one. So you're having that frequently that many contractions uh, within an hour that last a minute long. Um, I was having that. So okay. baby was coming. So we get to the hospital, and I'm crying again because we're not in, hot, in my mind. I have the city. I'm having a city birth, and my with my doctor in the city, and now we're in Westchester. They wheel me into this panoramic view. It's this beautiful hospital. Everyone gets their private room, and I'm no. This isn't. This is not my day. This is not. This is not where we're supposed to be having the baby. I get in, and somebody checks me again, and goes, "You're not dilated at all." And I was like, "Well, then who just stuck their fingers up my vagina?" What? Correct. So uh, I was not dilated, but I was in labor. And ended up having every minute contractions all night long. But nothing happened. I did not dilate. I did not open up at all. So they, they just
0: did not know what they were talking about? Or no, like.
1: So that, I have no idea. It was like a janitor. I literally still don't know who it oh, was who did it. Oh, my God. I literally do not know who that was. Um, I don't want to know, so I've never looked into it. But oh, my God. Yeah. So I ended up going back to my sister's house. Uh, that morning at 5 a.m., my dad came to pick us up. They said, you're in labor, but the baby could come at any point because you're... You're not dilating, so they're not coming, and baby, your heart rate's fine, baby's heart rate's fine, so we're sending you home. And I said, but should I come back later? What do I, and they said, we don't know. And the uncertainty of all of it is always so aggravating. What do you mean? Just tell me something so I know what to do. Wow. So I went home, and I stayed at my sister's for the next three days. I drank wine and laid in her bathtub for three days, Um, (laughs) and baby still didn't come. So I ended up going home and my doctor came back from his Argentinian vacation. I had a doctor's appointment set up that day, Uh, it was a Tuesday if I recall. He checked me, he said you're two centimeters which is not nothing but it's also not that far along but he said but you've been in labor for a week now. so. I forgot this point. He said, go home, drink, take a shot of castor oil. I forgot that immediately wow, after he so said it. Wow, that's so old school. People still do it, but apparently the contractions come on like wildfire and are horrible and you shit yourself all day. So oh God. I'm glad that I did not remember it. Um, but he said, do that. Come back at 6 p.m. when I'm off. I'm going to strip your membranes, send you to the hospital, and the baby's coming tonight. And that I liked. I was like, all right, I have a plan. Plan. This. So I went home. I finished up my work. I called work, and I was like, this is what's happening. I'm heading out. Um, you know, Clocked out for, for the next three months. Uh, and so that's what happened. I went back up at 6 p.m. He stripped my membranes. It hurt like a motherfucker. And I went to the hospital. That was at, I guess I got to the hospital about 7-ish. Uh, I got an epidural immediately. That anesthesiologist was amazing. And I was in labor for a few hours, but only pushed for 13 minutes with Harper. Wow. And she came out. And she was five two, and she was perfect. Um, she was two weeks early, but I was she was okay, and I was okay, and... They wheeled her away, and I didn't see her for hours. And that's another thing that, as a doula now, I talk to people about. I say, if you want your baby, tell them you want your baby to stay with you. They don't. Do they to take go. her to the NICU because she was Not early she was or fine? We're... They just took her to clean her up, and I didn't know any better, and I didn't have a doula, and I didn't know what to say yes to or no to or oh. what to ask. Uh, so that was a learning experience for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was really. I kept saying, "Okay, I want my baby back. I want my baby back." And hours went by before we finally got her. Wow. So it was really? Yeah. That's was really sad about that. Crazy. It's also normal, unfortunately here. Really? Yeah. Are you trying to remember if you had
0: no that? no, that did not happen with me. I mm-hmm. was able to hold both of them right away and stay with them, yeah. for amazing the next several hours, which is great. I didn't realize that was an anomaly that yeah. I got to do that
1: yeah hmm okay i was a I was, uh, I was at, up at Sinai, okay for that birth, so yeah, so i had um I had her. And I got home I was very very lucky. I did not uh, suffer from any postpartum okay. experiences except for one night where I think pretty much all the hormones that I had, that had built up in me for the previous nine months just flooded out of me and I for three hours I was heaving and hysterical and 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 crying that this baby can't grow up she has to be like this for the rest of her life and my life and nothing can change uh and then it all flooded out of me and i and thank god because that's that those are some serious emotions no i remember
0: Uh, one night when ever was a newborn my almost 10 year old now and um We our bedroom at the time had this balcony like a Juliet balcony like a small balcony New Yorkers will know what that means (laughs) and I just Vince came in the room and I was just holding the baby like gripping her and sobbing and I was like I don't want her to fall off the balcony and he was like why She's not she going, going to fall off, off the balcony. balcony. <laughs> We've got a gate. It's locked. Everything's... And I was like, but what if she does? Yeah, and everything. I was like convinced that yeah. it was going to happen yeah, and too. I couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then yeah, the anxiety later and I was like, work. oh, that was hor- definitely yeah.
1: hormones. That was not me. Yeah. There are was, there was some serious... They really take over. Yeah. But I was very lucky. And besides that, I was really fine. And I love being... Lo- I know a lot of people don't love the early days and newborn days, but I love them. Laid around. I just we nurse. She she was terrible at nursing, or I was terrible at nursing, or we mm-hmm. were terrible at nursing. So it took over. Really, it took us six weeks mm-hmm. uh, to really get the hang of it. I struggled a lot with it, which is also yeah. Totally so normal did I. That I know now. Mm-hmm. It's um, hard for me too. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I also with my first was adamant that I had to just give her breast milk because that's what you're supposed to do, quote unquote. Uh, and then, of course, I learned since that that is not accurate, and feeding your child uh, is what is the most important, and them growing and them being healthy is absolutely unequivocally the most important. But unfortunately, society yes, we
0: ladies put a lot of pressure on each other yeah. and ourselves yeah. in terms of breastfeeding. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so I, it was really amazing, and I loved it. And I was devastated when I had to go back to work after three months. Mm-hmm. It was not enough time. And you know, then I of course got on a on my soapbox about childcare and about and about maternity leave, and paternity leave, and family yeah. leave, and that lasted for a little while, but nonetheless, I had to go back to, to work, and have a job, and pay for insurance, and pay for all of that. I went back for a while, but I was also, at that point, desperate to have more kids, and I never, I we were like, one and done, once, once we said we were having kids, we were like, definitely only one, yep. definitely only one, no way do we want more than that, and... Because fish tickets are expensive. Correct! So you we don't have to take five can't people. can't travel to Mexico <laughs> to see them in February with five freaking family members. Right so exactly um we did actually take harper to see her first fish show when she was like six months old it's back it was really wonderful we have a poster from it which is awesome yep (laughs) um so i started looking into when i could do another transfer um of two of the remaining embryos that i had in the bank and I got very lucky in my job. The insurance changed and increased. We had a max lifetime health uh, insurance of ten thousand, and then this year it went up to twenty five thousand. So I had the coverage for all the monitoring and the transfer and everything again. Great. Um, and so I had to wait for the year to pass so I could do it again. And it's the second that I could, I did it again. So twelve oh one on January well, literally, first. Literally, <laughs> I was like, this. okay, I'm going to take birth control so on this day I can do that. I actually yeah. set it up. So, so you had three on ice. So at I this had point? three on ice. Correct. Okay when it was getting close to transfer time, I had a day five, a day six, and a day seven. And none of them were particularly good graded. Mm. Um, and so that's also, you know, some some clinics, they don't worry about the grading. The grading cl- is
0: different everywhere, too. Correct. Sometimes it's a letter. Sometimes yeah. it's a number. Yeah. Sometimes it's a combo. So and sometimes no, it doesn't matter. And there's sometimes- no
1: consistent nope. grading, right? With, unfortunately, with a lot of things, you know, that's yeah. that's, a, that's part five. You know, there's PGS testing, which some people are adamant about because they've, you know, unfortunately had a lot of miscarriages, and so they wanted PGS tests because then at least you know you have, quote, unquote, a perfect embryo. Yep. Regrettably, sometimes those don't work either. So there is no absolute in this. Or did this. you read
0: that, was it the New York Magazine article about the testing where sometimes they'll pull part of an embryo, right, which but is it's different acne. from another yep. part. And so they'll get yep. a result that it's not healthy, but exactly. it actually is. Well, that's why some or vice doctors versa. are
1: transferring mosaics now. Right. Um, there's a whole controversy with yeah. mosaics. It's so super some doctors throw them away. Anybody
0: listening that hasn't read that, look up the New York Magazine articles, probably like a year and a yeah. half ago, maybe.
1: Yep. Yeah. I know somebody um, actually transferred two mosaics and is pregnant with a mosaic So pregnancy. what is a mosaic? A mixture. Yep. Okay. Exactly. And so some doctors were saying it's going to be an abnormal pregnancy, so you cannot, we don't keep it, we're going to just throw it away. But now people are transferring them and they're having healthy pregnancies because they can self-correct in the womb purportedly. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really fascinating yeah, new evidence out there about right. how you can have a healthy pregnancy. But okay. point being, grading doesn't necessarily work. PGS testing doesn't necessarily mean anything. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. So my plan was to transfer a day five and a day seven because... We didn't really want twins, but I was open to twins, and I kind of thought it would be cool to have twins, but at the same time we mm. definitely can't afford twins. So it was the plan was the day, our day five and our day seven, and in the hall, it was literally the day before they were going to take them off ice to transfer them the next day, and at the last minute I go, you know what, fuck it, let's just do the day five and the day six. So in the hall with a doctor I've never met, don't I literally couldn't even tell you his name right now, I switched the, uh, the embryo that we took off ice. Uh, and that's what transferred and wow. that was january of 20 So wait what was the difference like we had a day 5 the... day 6 and a s- day 7 right, but it... why were you
0: not going to do 5 and 6 originally sorry because it was, it was
1: more likely to so more likely that they not tra- work 7 is i think day 7s often have a 10% likelihood of actually working of okay. implanting of okay. uh, becoming a healthy pregnancy um and i was, and so i was like well day 6 is going to be more likely to be a healthy pregnancy Day five and day six, let's just do this together because then maybe they'll both, maybe at least one of the two will stick as opposed to potentially neither of them sticking. Gotcha. Also, none of this, this was not necessarily rational either. I was just like, here's (laughs) what I think. And without actually doing any research on this, this is what I've decided, literally standing here with a doctor that I don't know, (laughs) 24 hours before they're making this call. Okay. So he just, he literally, I watched him do it in an Excel spreadsheet. He pressed delete for the day seven, typed in day six, and that's what happened. And so... I guess it was that it was I think it was literally 48 hours later uh, I went back they transferred them did not do the HCG shot which they had they used to do the first round I didn't do any acupuncture surrounding the transfer the first time I did no supplementing of any eastern resource Mm -hmm. type of support for uh, for pregnancy though there's a lot of evidence in that. Space now that it does help though, mm-hmm. a lot of doctors will say it won't hurt, but it, it won't necessarily help. Mm-hmm. And then the night before we were going in for our beta, in the morning, I remember getting that I was sitting down. I think I had friends over; two people were on the ground. I don't know who they were, and I got this way this heat wave over me, this like hot flash. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, it didn't occur to me. And then the next morning, I was like, "Oh my god, that's those are hormones. That's that's my that that is my positive pregnancy test." Wow! Um, and then the next morning, we that's went in for cool. the test and yeah it, it was actually ne- in retrospect it was um, it was like the universe being like yeah, you're, you're pregnant yeah, your body's telling you something <laughs> you're gonna be really uncomfortable for the next nine months yeah so I went in I got the beta they called back we were at the dog park with Harper and Hampton our dog and it was positive positive. and we did not know um, what kind of positive it was yet it was a high beta yeah. but that doesn't some doctors will say that means pregnant that could mean twins or some doctors will say that does not mean twins right it in fact did mean twins and I ended up pregnant with a set of twins and when we went in for the sonogram and we saw two we were like holy fuck, it's twins Twins. and uh yeah it was obviously amazing and so scary and so amazing and so scary (laughs) and then that began another, unfortunately, very terrible pregnancy. Okay. was um,
0: it worse than your first one?
1: Yeah, it was really hard. I actually, within three, at the three-month mark, I pulled, I, um, so I got SPD, which is symphys pubic dysfunction. Your pelvis is not one bone, it's two, and it's connected by a ligament, and I basically pulled that ligament. It basically felt like my vagina was broken and I couldn't walk. Oh Correct. It was miserable, um, so I had to work from home because I couldn't move. It was just a really hard pregnancy. Yeah. I did yeah. take a, a via very often to get um, some like medical massages in my lower back because uh-huh. the sciatic pain was terrible. But it was, yeah, twin pregnancies are hard. You're yeah. building two babies, you're creating two humans, right. and then you're carrying them right. and, and all the stuff that comes with it. Because of these pregnancies and because of my experiences is why I end up training to become a doula. And again, we're foreshadowing to my future. But yeah. uh, I did do that because now I want other people to know that the, the, that hospitals and doctors are not the law. Nobody's going to arrest you if you choose to do something. It's your right. It's your baby. It's your body. It's your life. Right. Um, so there are things that I wish I knew. I wish that I had known at the time that I hope that I can instill and and advocate for other people now. Yes.
0: So I want to hear about you becoming a doula and your new business too. So let's talk a little bit about that. So what was, what was the path for you to get there?
1: So I, um, I loved, and I ended up loving having kids. I Mm -hmm. loved having kids. I loved the experience of becoming a mother minus the actual physical experience of, of holding the children in my body. I loved all of it, except Mm -hmm. that part sucked i really I, I don't know what happened but my passions changed my intentions changed everything about my life and my identity changed once i had my children and being around i started um different groups for moms when i first had harper because uh, i was pregnant with harper and i didn't want to be alone or bored during maternity leave uh and i knew we were gonna be up with three in the morning feeding, so I started a group and posted in all the different mom groups around saying, uh, anybody who's having a winter baby in 2016, here's a group. Uh, I ended up doing that with the twins, I created a twin group, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, did uh, you since... make some
0: good parent friends through that? So like... all of
1: my best mom friends are from now my, from the first group that I started, my winter babies 2016 group. You grow up with people and you have life experiences with people and then you meet people when you're dating somebody and all of those matter and you keep some of those but your mom friends I just think there's some there's a whole new phase of life and a whole new phase of your identity that yeah. comes. And so there's just something more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can share. I mean the amount of the amount of T M I stuff that we talk about yeah. all day. The What's amount the vaginas name of vagina is a of Does it have like a No, third? it's actually it's just okay. us. <laughs> okay. It actually that's funny that you asked that because at one point there were other moms that were joining and leaving and then we just called it just us. Okay. Because there's like no, it's this is just this is the core, this is the epicenter we were talking all the time, all yeah. And it's it's really been just helpful and everyone knows when each birthday is and who's pregnant and whose husband's going for interviews and what right. doctor did it just it's, it's your very, support group it really it's your is your village. It really yeah. is. And that's I mean that's exactly I realize that people need that. And yeah. people don't know how to find it and people don't know that they need it right. until they either don't have it or it's down the line. And so I wanted to create something that allowed people to connect both with each other but also one on one for asking questions because maybe, maybe some people aren't as comfortable in a group setting or in a community setting to ask questions. So mm-hmm. uh, I became a doula. I, I trained to become a doula through DTI because I because of all the reasons that we've spoken about already. Mm-hmm. I realized that there's so much that people don't know. As a birthing person, you expect that the doctor in the hospital is going to do right by you um, because they're the doctor in the hospital and that's what they should do. And hopefully that's the case, but it's not necessarily the right. case. And I think having an advocate in the room, the space Mm -hmm. with you before, before you're actually birthing as well as during, uh, and after just to help you really along that journey is really meaningful and helpful. Yeah. I wish I, I, in retrospect, I wish I had had one, Uh um, I didn't for both, because I was like, well, the baby's going to come out one way or another. Why do I need someone to help me? Right. I know now why. Right. Uh, so I I do, whether it's me or somebody else, I do think it's really important for some, for people to have the support right. that they need. And they, we,
0: you and I met through Allison, Yes. was episode four, yep. <laughs> um, doula, and she was awesome, too. So that's, yeah, that's our connection. And I
1: is... met her through my warrior's group, so she's an infertility doula, but right. focusing on that specifically. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we met through that, and I met a a slew of incredible women through the fertility yeah. space who also are this in community the, is
0: so incredible right. That's i'm like just, every day i'm just mm-hmm. floored by like the amount of
1: support that yep. people
0: give each other and yep. the amount of like encouragement and and it all came been,
1: from what we were talking about before right like we all went through something right and we found this right path and these people because exactly. of exactly
0: exactly so tell me about your new website So I started a a company, I started a
1: practice called It's Conceivable. Love it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it feels really good. It feels really right. You know, the social organizing that I've done feels good too, but I've really, I I have my master's from NYU and my license to practice social work because what I really, uh, what matters to me is really helping people in an individual basis uh, through struggles, through their journeys, through their life experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And this space in particular is such a daunting one and I don't think there's a lot of, Focused support here, mm-hmm. uh, so I decided to offer that to people. I'm actually working with somebody in Germany right now because mm-hmm. everything can be virtual these days. Yeah, you don't need a space. We I, I do have a space in Midtown uh, for those people who want to meet in person, but truthfully, nobody has yet asked to meet in person. Okay, everybody wants to either. use So, what a, are you
0: doing specifically for them, like answering questions and uh,
1: being support so group? So, and... I, I offer 15-minute free consultation uh, to get to know these people, so I can find out what it is that exactly. What What do you What can you do for me, or how can what you do help you need? me? Some people want collaborative problem solving. Some people want a sounding board. Some people want just to talk because they've been talking to their partner, their spouse, their husband, their girlfriend, whomever, for so long about the same things. And they just can't, they don't want to talk to that person anymore. And that person truthfully doesn't want to hear the same thing over and over again. Oh my God. I
0: could have used this so much when I was going through it. That's what I get a lot is. so good. Yeah, You just
1: need somebody who... I'm an unbiased perspective because I'm not going to tell you and I'm not... I'm, I am your cheerleader. I am your advocate. But right. But I you're also no
0: bullshit and yeah. you're hugely yeah. honest, which people yeah. know because they've just listened to your whole story, <laughs> but... Yeah, I feel I, like you're the perfect person for that.
1: No, that means yeah, that. I really appreciate that. And so, yeah, I do phone calls. I do video calls. Um, I offer text. I offer email. Pretty much whatever. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure, if yeah, you will. right. Uh, I want to be – there's something called being where the client is at in social work, and I want to be wherever you are. Whatever is going to right. help you the most, I want so to great. be that for you.
0: Is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap it up? Any advice that you've learned along the way or, like – You said a couple times, I wish I had known like X, Y, and Z, and I was thinking you should do like a whole, you probably have, but like write a book on what, you (laughs) you know, like now that you're a doula, what you wish you had known before.
1: I think there's no absolute in any of this. And as much as we can, as much as our our personalities allow us to, I think we really have to understand that we don't have control over any of this. Um, So as much as we can go with it and understand that each day is going to be a new day and each... Unfortunately, each beta is going to be a new beta and sometimes they're positive and sometimes they're negative and sometimes it's great news and sometimes it's terrible news and it's, it's all so overwhelming and that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. and we don't have the control over ultimately what's going to happen. So if we can just be there as support for each other and for our friends, I think a lot of times people, somebody has a miscarriage or somebody has a stillbirth or somebody has a loss and our friends don't know what to do or what to say just be there you don't need to say the right thing you don't need to know what to say right go over and bring water and food go yeah. over and make coffee go over and sit there maybe in silence but just be there yeah uh, I think it's not about what to say but about being present or even
0: being honest and saying I don't know what to say totally but I love you totally. and I'm thinking of you 100 you know?
1: just say something
0: again guys so i want to thank rebecca for sharing her story she is funny as shit and real af and i want to make sure that you guys check out her website which is it's hyphen conceivable.com i will put it on my social as well but i hope you guys feel inspired and i hope you feel supported and i hope you know as always that you are not alone no matter what you're going through so thank you for listening and i will talk to you again next time